We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You guys, welcome to another episode of Beyond. I guess I should say welcome back. Season to three. Beyond the Blinds. Yes, to season three. It is me, Troy McKeady. And Kelly Williams. And obviously we can't just like jump into a new episode. We've There's a lot that's happened since the last time we recorded. Kelly and I have both done a lot since the last time we recorded. Two weeks is like a very long time for us. Yeah, I completely, even not seeing you for two weeks was kind of weird. It's a weird, which is crazy because we don't even live in the same state, but it still felt really, it feels like it's been months. Well, tell me about your break. What did you do? So during the break, I uh, went to Miami on vacation and it was honestly, I, it was so out of my comfort zone because I'm not like a Miami girl. Anybody who knows me would be like... (laughs) Like, even when I had posted online that I was going there, people were like, what? (laughs) Like, what are you going to do in Miami? But I honestly had the best time. It was one of the the most fun trips I've ever taken. And thanks to everybody who DM'd me things to do, because, like, that was my trip. Mm -hmm. So it was the the trip sponsored by People's DMs, because I literally just made a list in my notes app of uh, stuff that people told me to do that was fun. And now Miami is, like, one of my favorite places in the whole country. I am... It is so beautiful. The people are so cool. It's just, it was really nice. I loved it. What would you recommend to somebody going to Miami? Like if you could do a top three things that you did. On this podcast, I would say a star (laughs) tour. Okay. Because the star tour was like $25. And it's an hour and a half on a boat and you drink and look at people's, I mean, it literally pays for itself. So that was my favorite thing. I would have done that like three times in a row, to be honest. Um, I would recommend going to Versailles for dinner. Everybody recommended that. And it's very famous. It's like been on Housewives and stuff in the Food Network. And it like lived up to its name. And um, I forget the name of it. Everybody's going to yell at me through the speaker. Wynwood, I want to say. But there's an art district in Miami that's really cool. It's an outdoor art district where the whole um, town is like art like people paint the streets and the walls and oh cool like the lamp posts and people's doors like every single thing outside is like free reign to just draw murals on so it literally looks like it looks like you're like tripping on acid when you walk around it's so beautiful um but yeah I can't recommend Miami enough I can't wait to go back it was so cool that's awesome I'm glad you yes. had fun tell me about what you did and also tell me about Lady Gaga <laughs> Yes. So I went to Lady Gaga at MetLife and I went as like a casual Lady Gaga fan. You know, I've never been one to hate on her. I like, I think she's wicked talented, like beyond talented, Mm -hmm. but seeing her live was a whole different experience. And I was with my friend Megan, who's like a big dancer. 
And I almost got more excited, like seeing how excited she was. Yeah. You know, because she yeah. she loves the performing arts and all of that. Um, we took edibles before, so it was just so much <sighs> fun. Um, but if she's coming to your town and you're like, maybe I'll go go for sure. Yeah. Oh. Um, other than that, um, you know Talia, my friend Talia. Mm-hmm. She brought me to a comedy show last Tuesday where Jeff Ross was the headliner. Oh, shit. We had fun in doing that. And Jeff Ross was like really rude to me after the show, but it was totally fine because I didn't (laughs) expect anything other than that. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, then I went home for a few days, hung out with my nieces. And um, I have something that's probably very exciting for you. Okay. I finally started Sex in the City. Okay. And before anyone gives me shit, Uh, we didn't have have HBO growing up. And when it was on E, I kind of wasn't interested because I was too into MTV at the time. And I feel like as a 31-year-old living in New York, it was time for me to to start it. So I'm six episodes into Sex in the City. Well, first of all, nobody's Sex in the City journey should start on E. I'm just (laughs) going to put that out there. Like, I would rather you never see it. And that's amazing. So how do you like, do you, how do you feel about it? I love it. I'm obsessed. Yeah. It's so to, easy to watch too. Yeah. I had to pull myself away from my TV to like actually work. today. <laughs> oh God. And you're like in the, I mean, you only have like just great seasons to look forward to, you know, like you have so much great stuff to look forward to. And it's, it's not like, um, it's an hour long show, right? I think the first season at least is like 20 something minutes. Okay, I was going to say, it feels like the episodes are so short that you can just fucking plow through it. Like, you can watch a whole season in a day so easy. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. Um, I also, I, I have, like, a lot of blind spots with Game of Thrones and shows like that. So I'm excited to get to one that's, like, been a blind spot, but I know enough about. Yeah. Oh, my God. So many gaps will be filled in for you. <laughs> huh. Well... We obviously wanted to start the episode, like I said, talking about some of the stuff that's happened in pop culture um, since we last recorded. Like, so much has gone on. So much stuff that we both, like, were salivating to talk about. Um, Obviously, I want to start with the fact that Britney has made her return to the music industry with Sir Elton John. um which is so exciting of course i listened to the leak because i'm not a strong i'm not a strong woman okay and it is so good like the song is so good so i'm just excited for that and i guess i want to know your thoughts like when kevin tried to expose britney as well like what what did you think about it you know when i watched it for the first time my mom didn't, <laughs> my mom was a menace, but didn't swear at us. Mm-hmm. So like the cussing was different for me. I was kind of like, why are you swearing at kids? But then I realized that like some parents just swear and it's not weird. Right. In reading all the comments, like I don't have any kids. I've, I'm not a parent, but reading all the comments, everyone was just like, yeah, she sounds like a fed up mom. And also her kids sound like they're fucking dicks. Yeah. They sound like little fuckers. I mean, they're teenage boys. So I'm, they they just are you know right so yeah it just sounds like someone who's fed up with her kids being super rude to her and like not letting her put lotion on their face yeah 
Yeah, if anything, it, honestly, I was telling people it made me a little bit more confident in her like parenting because it was like so um, familiar. Like, that's like what <laughs> my mom is a cusser. My mom cusses the house down. So like, that's what it sounded like growing up for me. Like, it was just so like, whoa, like she really sounds like a mom, mom, you know? And not for, like, entertainment tonight. Like, a mom in her house and stuff, you know? So, I loved it. I was, like, good for her. Like, good for her for, like, standing up to those fucking boys and being, like, listen, I'm a fucking woman. You guys can't disrespect me. Like, above all things, I'm also a woman on top of being your mom. And one thing I don't understand is her dad put hands on those boys. Mm -hmm. But he's not, but Kevin's just trying to expose Britney instead of the guy who actually like physically abused not only Brit or allegedly Britney, right. but also her sons. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that it's so disgusting the way that he's tried to like turn those kids against her. And obviously it was like very normal for them to like film her, mm -hmm. which was also really weird. Um, And I, I mean, somebody asked us this at our live show in DC, like, I think that Britney's, I think that Britney's dad and Kevin are like, just like fuck buddies right now. Honestly, I think that they're oh, yeah. up each other's asses. They probably have a group chat going with like Kevin's wife, like, you know, on how they're going to secure the bag, you know, because really now all they have is each other. And it sounds like Kevin's wife is nothing but trouble too. That woman, she, her day is coming. Her public day of like being dragged by Twitter is coming because she loves to post shit online and write like post all these horrible stories about like Britney being a terrible mom and wow she's and she's not had to work in thirteen years because of this woman that she's po every day posting the meanest shit about on the internet. Now does she yeah. post it like from her personal accounts and stuff? What a yeah psycho she posts it on her stories the person paying her bills so it's like honestly no wonder why those boys thought they could speak to her that way because they've been brought up to just disrespect britney yeah and i'm sure kevin has a whole arsenal of videos but i love that he got dragged i love that it backfired on him i love that he like created an instagram account for or like he, like, really thought he was going to break the internet, you know? And he did, but it was against him. <laughs> and then he immediately deleted it. And it's just, like, the self-righteousness of Kevin Federline. Like, like you weren't even... Me and Zach were talking about this. Like, nobody was coming for you. Right. Like, somehow Kevin Federline got pretty lucky. And nobody was really holding him accountable. Nobody was saying, like, well, what is Kevin's role in this conservatorship? Nobody was really saying that. Like, he was just collecting money kicking back not working and now he has put himself in the line of fire and i love to see it yeah i agree i agree with you um like i said at first it was a little bit like oh my god that's a lot of swearing but that's just because mm -hmm. i didn't grow up with it right <laughs> and i do want to say that the part of it that made me fucking laugh so hard was when she was like you guys are teenagers and you're weird and you freak me out. And I don't know what to say to you because you're freaking weird because you're <laughs> teenagers <laughs> and you're going through puberty. <laughs> Honestly, same. I'm afraid of teenagers too, Brittany. 
I was like, that's so relatable. Like, I'm at an age now where I, like, avoid teenagers, like, at the mall and shit, you know? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I'll, like, turn the other way, pretend I have another store to go to. <laughs> You're like, leave me alone. <laughs> Please don't judge me. Now, Harry Styles was just featured, I believe, in Rolling Stone, where he was dubbed the new Prince of Pop. And all I could think of was Troy saying that he is an industry plant. And that <laughs> alone is proof that Harry Styles is his own version of an industry plant. What do you, What is your definition of an industry plant? Because we get this question like all the time. So I always use Lord as the perfect example. And I'm a huge Lord fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it worked. Uh, but I know that Spotify wanted to become the next biggest streaming thing next to like iTunes and Apple music. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they basically found Lord who already had a bit of an online presence, but nothing huge. And they started putting Royals on different playlists on Spotify, just random ones like new releases. And then all of a sudden there was a banner. Then all of a sudden um, she's on the radio and the um, president, CEO, creator of Spotify, whoever it was, did a whole article about how it worked, how they wanted yeah. to prove that they were a good streaming company. And Lord made that happen because she's some kind of because she was basically planted to make Spotify a big streaming company. I think that's like the perfect example, because I, I feel like people have it in their mind that if you're an industry plant, you're not talented. Mm hmm. And that's like not at all what that means. And and I don't I don't think you and I have ever like tried to allude to that. So if it comes off that way, neither of us feel that way. Like an industry plant can be the most talented. Listen, I believe that Jennifer Lopez is very talented no matter what people say. And she's the queen industry plant. Right. You know, I mean, even like, dual I think Dua Lipa is an industry plant. Yeah. I have no facts to go off other than a gut feeling. <laughs> right. But I very much think her. I think Halsey to some extent. Yeah. But yeah, when you said Harry Styles is his own version, I 100% agree with that. I don't really fuck with Harry Styles. It's like we're being told that Harry is like this new Elton John. (laughs) And it's like, he's not. Like, I don't care how many polka dots this man wears. He's not this whimsical... Willy Wonka pop star that they're like really really trying so hard to make and I also don't give a fuck if Harry Styles wears a dress anymore I'm not like my hair's not blowing back because Harry Styles put on a fucking uh, two inch pump I don't care I don't care I don't understand it and I think it's so interesting he gets a lot of questions about his sexuality Mm -hmm. but the way he answers it kind of like annoys me and I know people are going to be mad at me for saying that I know it (laughs) Like, I can already hear it. (laughs) When they asked him about his sexuality, he he said something like, well, I've never even publicly been with anyone. Olivia Wilde's, like, ruined her fucking life to be with you. I know. Like, sir, I just... Because he loves the attention. I mean, that's the one thing that we can all agree on, at least. Even if people don't agree with what we're saying, Harry Styles eats the fucking attention up like he lives for it yeah and you know he's been able to garner a lot of press and attention for like towing the line i would almost compare it to like back in the day when like people had it in their minds that britney wasn't a virgin Mm -hmm. but her towing the line was like what helped sell things and helped push her image 
And I think him like walking that line is like very effective for his marketing, for his music, for everything. Like it, it really does a lot for him. Yeah, I I couldn't have said it by, better myself, Troy. And, <laughs> but I get the appeal of Harry Styles. I oh, think yes. he's charming in interviews. I think he's charming on stage, but I just kind of don't fuck with Harry Styles. Yeah, that too. I do, I do want to say that. I've always thought Harry was like outrageously charming. So charming, so much like star quality. But I don't think he needs a big giant bow blouse to be charming. It seems you know what I mean? it's very gimmicky at this point. It's so gimmicky. It's like so heavy-handed too. It's like, oh my God, like we get it. Yeah, I'm curious what everyone else thinks. Like, I actually like to hear what people think about Harry, just because I feel like I'm such an outlier with my opinion on him. And I know people love Harry's music, too. And um, I actually think Harry does have really good music. It's just not my not my thing. I think it sounds like something in a dentist's office. (laughs) And I typically love a good CVS grocery store playlist that I just can't get with it. I get it. Trust me, I get it. Maybe it's because I'm too in love with Niall. Maybe it's It's because you're a Niall girl. It's because you're a Niall. And I'm still waiting for Zane's like triumphant return. <laughs> Did you see he came, he was singing another One Direction song on Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you trying to do over there, Zane? <laughs> are we getting another album that you won't promote? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> you want to talk about Jeanette's book? Let's talk about Jeanette's book. So I wouldn't, I know that we're both reading it, but neither of us are done. What do you think about it so far? It's incredible. I almost feel like it's like healing an inner child in me in a way too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so crazy. And I'm going to talk some spoiler alerts. So if you haven't sure. listened to the book or read it, um, heads up. But I think it's so crazy that, you know, she's like 16 has this crazy mom who won't let her even shower alone, but she's in Hollywood. Mm. Like it was hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that this girl's on TV, she's in Hollywood, but her mom's still washing her hair and not letting her even live a normal life. Yeah. And I only have like 30 pages left, I think, but I don't think children should be allowed to act or be famous after reading that. And I can only imagine other horror stories that are out there. Yeah, it's really, the whole time I've been thinking a a lot about, like, Drew Barrymore and, like, Mm -hmm. the book that she wrote when she was a teenager. I think it's, like, Little Girl Lost. Um, And just, like, her openness in the book is just, like, so, like you said, it it is definitely, like, really intensely affecting me a lot. Um, It's, she's just, like, so, like... I know that she herself never wanted to like act and stuff and like she never wanted to like really do be a part of that world but like she's still so damn funny too yeah you know so it's like on top of like how vulnerable and open this book is and how well written it is it's like she's very funny like I'm listening to it so it's like just hearing it in her voice is like really good and I think it gives people a space when they've had complicated relationship with friends or family and if those people have passed away it's like there's almost a relief that that person's not in your life anymore and you mm-hmm. feel guilty about that relief, but it's kind of cool to see that other people feel that way too. Yeah, absolutely. 
and it's cool that she's like carrying the flag for like all the Disney people kind of I think I think she knows like the weight of this book and one thing that I hated is a lot of people took the clickbait that she was jealous of Ariana Mm -hmm. but listening or reading that I'm sorry I'm reading like the book not listening but the way that she wrote it it was more like she was jealous that the network let her have a life and wouldn't let Jeanette do what she wanted. Yeah, totally. So it wasn't exactly at Ariana. And again, in the book, she's like, you know, she grew up rich and had all these opportunities. She, They're both human. You know, Jeanette's obviously yeah. a human being. And at 18, when you're pitted against other women, like, that's not the point of the book, though. Exactly. And she's explaining, like, her teenage perspective. Right too it's like it, it, it may not always be like right but she was a literal child yeah but she's you know I just I just am so proud of her and like I love that she's like leaned into it and she's like done the press tour and like I just we're rooting for you gal honestly always she, have been she did a really good podcast with chicks in the office if you want to mm. listen she does a great job and talks about like where she is with her friendship with Miranda and a bunch of other stuff and She's so well-spoken. I know. I was going to say that. She's such a great interviewer. She's so well-spoken. She's so smart. Mm-hmm. And she answers so. the questions perfectly. Like, if I was in that, I would not be so yeah. <laughs> like, tame. Right. Oh, my God. I'd be a mess. Yeah. Speaking of messes, 29 by Demi Lovato has been trending on TikTok. So, Shout out to everyone who is tagging us in those TikToks. <laughs> it's wild. Demi listened to our podcast and said, you know what? I'm going to write me a damn album. I hope so. I hope so. Like, the fact Wilmer's kind of getting his reckoning <laughs> makes me so pleased. I can't believe it. I honestly cannot believe it. I I also, today, um, I listened to the album in full. My friend Jesse's been trying to get me to listen to it for like a long time. And I was like, I will eventually I will. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, you don't get it. It sounds like Ashley Simpson and blah, blah, blah. It's like really good. And I'm not a Demi album person. This album is good. And it's, the, in my opinion, one of the first times that her message is like so effective and so clear. Because mm-hmm. the whole album is about like her like relapsing and like all of this stuff which she's talked about of course but it's like a little bit more self-aware now than I feel like it's ever been and it's just it's good it's It's so good and Demi is very much someone where I have to separate the art from the artist because I love Mm -hmm. their music Mm -hmm. I'm a big Demi music fan but when she goes on fighting like (laughs) shops about their cookies I'm like come on down not now yeah She's going to be on Caller Daddy, though. And Caller Daddy has stepped it up. So I'm excited to, to see oh, that, that interview because I feel like she'll be pretty candid. Yeah, she that's like the perfect interview for, for Demi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't listened to the album, highly suggest. Could not suggest it more. It's like song by song. It's like Ashley. It's a little like Evanescent sometimes. It's a little Avril. It's very like hot topic. I oh hot topic oh okay I could see that I have a question for you so obviously with 29 coming out a lot of people are like well Demi has spoke so highly about Wilmer and he saved her life and 
Mm-hmm. How, what do you think of that? Because even people are going so far to being like, well, she pursued him. Oh, God. I think that there are, like, there's so much fine print that goes into, like, somebody like Demi making, like, a public statement about Wilmer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I can also, I, I can understand that that would just be, like, messy and complicated and, like, maybe not the easiest thing to just, like, publicly attack someone like it's not easy to put yourself in the line of fire and make yourself like a clickbait headline about something so serious so it's like easier to just be like he's a good person was always nice wish him well you know like and be done with the interview so I get that and also in 29 she talks about how she's the age that you know they were when they met Mm -hmm. and how like she's had all these revelations about it and I don't know. I just think that that's like a big part of it too, you know? There's a part of me that's like, just say you don't fucking like Demi Lovato. Just. I know. It's okay. Because if Mandy Moore said that or Lindsay Lohan, I think it might be a different response. I agree with that 1000%. So Olivia Newton John passed away while we were out taking our break. And that made me sad. Killed me killed me like a nicer person couldn't i mean my god mm-hmm. we don't really have much to say other than we wanted to just pay respect to miss Olivia yeah John. it's been a couple weeks and we just hadn't gotten to talk about it and we just wanted to say how sad we were and yeah i had a i had a xanadu night <laughs> like happily played the xanadu soundtrack with no qualms about it and Absolutely. yeah I may have cried to hopelessly devoted. I don't know. (laughs) Now, unfortunately, my favorite couple of all time have called it quits. Pete and Kim, they they have broken up. (laughs) I believe we gave it by end of summer, they'd be broken up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Didn't you say September? I said end of October, beginning of, I mean, end of August, beginning of September. Yeah. So I was a month off. Very close, though. (laughs) Nothing but love and respect. What did you think about the breakup? Did you have any thoughts? I just, I can't stand them. At this point, like, Pete has become a casualty of my dislike for the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. But I'm surprised they didn't try and make it, like, bigger. Because I saw some articles being like, he was trying to propose and Kim wasn't ready. But I didn't see those really taking off. Mm. So I don't know if they were going to try and be like, Pete went like a little crazy or what, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think that when you and I talked about it or it was, we talked about it at one of the live shows and I'd said like, ironically, there's a Sex in the City episode that you're going to be getting to <laughs> with this guy who's like really good at going down on women, but like nobody dates him. You just like hook up with him. And Samantha tried to like date him and it would never work. And that to me is Pete. Like, he's like meant to be as wendy williams would say a drive-by so it was kim's responsibility to let him back out into the world to pollinate do you know what i mean yeah and i still don't think they were ever they were never real anyway no no i'm sorry but no um we do want to talk about Anne. got some things to say about Anne heesh because I cannot believe I was like always a really big Anne Hage fan growing up. So this was like a big deal for me. I mean, I found out on stage at our DC show. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> um 
I know that there's a lot of like controversy surrounding Anne Heche's death, as there should be. I mean, she almost killed someone and she ran her car into someone's home. She, she literally could have killed a ton of people. Um, and it's like so tragic and so sad that it ended in her dying. And like, you know, she really, I guess, fell victim to her own disease and her own mental health. And one of the things that I love about Anne Heche, and I've seen people debating this, and whether they should or shouldn't talk about her mental health or it being an aspect. And when it comes to Anne Heche, you should. Because Anne Heche is one of the first celebrities that I remember ever as a kid. Like, she is the the shining example in my head of a celebrity who, back in the day, was extremely open about her mental health, about depression, about having all of these different disorders, about addiction. And she did it, like, in the 90s when it was not cool to talk about stuff like that. And nobody was talking about mental health stuff at all. And I just remember her being so, like, honest about it because everybody thought she was, like, crazy and weird. And, you know, she was just, like, a really big part of my childhood, her and Ellen, Mm -hmm. you know, being, like, the first gay couple that I remember seeing on TV. And it just made me really sad. Um, And it's, I don't know, it's, like, not to say that it's... not to say that what she did wasn't like really dangerous and really awful, but it makes me sad to see people debating on how sad they should be about somebody dying. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about her other than the Ellen stuff, but I was reading about her after she passed and it sounds like she kind of went through it for a long time and it is sad how she passed away. And it's sad that other people could have been at risk or were put at risk basically yeah um but yeah it's it's just kind of one of those things that it's hard to believe it's real how how it all happened yeah it's so like it just feels like it's like out of like a tv show or something um but yeah and he was like very talented i would say like if you haven't uh i don't know like read about Anne he she's actually like one of the most interesting celebrities that I feel like I've ever known. I've always found her just be so fascinating and whatever. So it wouldn't hurt to read about Anne. And also, I think it would be interesting for people to revisit like her whole, you know, crashing her car. Not this time, but years ago when she showed up at that lady's house and said she was being abducted and all that stuff. Like there were some crazy, incredible interviews that came from that time period of her talking about like the mental state she was in. I just remember hearing words like I'd never heard before about like this mental health. Like I'd never heard a celebrity talk about mental health like that. So that's my Anne Ted talk. I just wanted to say that when we started podcasting an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now we're selling merch and it's so easy all because we use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the, quote, launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. A key moment for us was launching our first merch line and seeing our listeners wear our products while we've been on tour. Before Shopify, we struggled with managing inventory and payment. Now it's all streamlined and makes everything so easy. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash blinds. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now, I don't know if this is a lighter note or (sighs) what, but Aaron Carter and his wife have made a joint OnlyFans and... (sighs) He announced he's only going to be going Instagram or going live there from now on. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, he's only going live from OnlyFans? Yeah. (laughs) So he's going to charge people to walk around and look at his carpet and his feet while he walks through his house then? Yeah. Oh, Oh my Lord. All I can say is keep supporting Aaron's OnlyFans. Because what else? I didn't buy his OnlyFans. Not you. Not you. I'm talking to the people listening. Because somebody listening, there are a few people listening to this that definitely support his OnlyFans. Can I have a login so I can watch his lives? (laughs) I will say on record, I have never paid for Aaron's OnlyFans. (laughs) I can also say that on record, too. (laughs) For now. now. Do I have photos of his dick and butthole on my phone? Yes, absolutely I do. And that is what it is. Welcome back to Beyond the Blinds, everybody. <laughs> Have you missed us? <laughs> oh my God, Aaron, we're always rooting for you, hon. We continue to root for you on this podcast. We really do. We really do. Please go start doing lives again on Instagram, though. And then, of course, the wedding of the century happened this weekend in Savannah, Georgia. Um, a plantation wedding, which I thought we were past that. <laughs> but JLo and Ben are not past that. I woke up the day of to like all these headlines, like the true meaning of Ben and Jin's uh like wedding venue and like the real history. It's like, yeah, slaves. I, I have an idea what this article is going to say. I didn't see many places calling it a plantation. I saw a lot of old, beautiful mansion. Mm. <laughs> Old Beautiful Mansion, yes. Old Beautiful Mansion with 100 rooms and underground tunnels. <laughs> what Absurd. Are your, what are your thoughts, Troy? I just... I can't believe the pomp and circumstance that is still surrounding. Like, they have a lot of nerve, is what I feel. They really do. Like, I know that they both look at their relationships as, like, businesses or whatever, but they really have a lot of nerve having, like, nine weddings. Jennifer, girl. <laughs> like, I always root for you and I always defend you. 
on this podcast, but girl, you've got to be kidding. So she's the girl who gets married eight times and expects you to get a gift every time and to travel to like, you know, Zimbabwe for her wedding every, it's like, you're out of your mind. And honestly, I don't think Ben looks good. I know that I am a Ben and JLo hater, but seeing him like passed out on the front of that boat when they were in France mm-hmm. for however long. And then there are pictures of him leaving the wedding and everyone's like, well, yeah, he should look like that after his wedding. I'm like, he's supposed to be sober guys. Yeah. And maybe it was a blink. Maybe it was a bad photo. Maybe it was a bad capture. But I fear Ben is going to be exhausted by the end of the year. He can't. Like, this... Jennifer is too much, I think, for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she's such a machine. Like, when it comes to, like, the press and stuff. Like, it's just a lot. And I feel like when they're together, it's the the true definition of her putting lipstick on a pig. It's like, mm-hmm. you can put him in a designer shirt and, like, wipe the sweat off of his forehead, but he's still Ben Affleck. People love Ben Affleck. I know. It's wild. I saw, I saw someone comparing the photos of him leaving the wedding venue and everyone was like, he was exhausted or whatever they were trying to say to how they used to treat Britney in 2007. Don't tell me that. I just want your reaction because I saw that a lot on Twitter. Don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. I can't. Uh, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to do that. But no, I don't have a lot to say. People like want us to talk about them a lot. I don't know what more we could say that that we, we've said all there is to say. <laughs> I did see an article being like, surprisingly, Jennifer Garner wasn't there. I'm like, is that a surprise? Right. Yeah, I saw a lot of those too. Like what Jennifer Garner was doing while Ben was getting married. It's like, okay. Living her fucking life. Yeah. Being a mom, making kale salads. I don't know. Making funny TikToks. I don't know. Yeah. Like what what should she have been doing? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And Leah Remney wasn't there. But if my best friend was getting married for the fourth time, I'd be like, you got this. I don't need to be there, right? Like, the fact that you guys aren't going to a courthouse is wild. The fact that you're, like, selling exclusive to, exclusives to People Magazine. Like, the audacity. And Casey Affleck wasn't there. And I saw in Dumois, they tried to say that um, Ben and Casey had, like, a rift. Casey is not a good guy. <laughs> they probably didn't want his all of his allegations to be brought yeah. up. That's why he <laughs> wasn't at the wedding. Yeah. Like, he was canceled. <laughs> For, like, good reason. Yeah, like, assaulting women. Like, hello. Um, Do you have any other pop culture updates before we get started? I don't think so. No. I don't think I do either. I think that's it. Next week, there will be a new Britney song on the radio, so I'm going to be a whole different kind of woman. I can't wait to see. I'm going to be... And we did put out an episode since the new Beyonce album, right? We did. Okay. Because I'm still listening to that like it just dropped. Me too. Or we talked about it at a live show, but we both love the album if we hadn't talked about it on the podcast. And also we have to give a shout out to everyone who came to all the live shows. Um, DC caught us after the show and we partied after the show. So DC was our biggest show so far. It was the most people and it felt the most like intense, you know? 
Um, it was it, incredible. It was our longest set too. Usually we get about like 70 minutes. We got a full 90 minutes and it was perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And after the shows, we haven't really been going out, but DC, you caught us. Yeah, we both got wasted after. I was like, truly two sheets to the wind. It was a real paradise evening, but it was so fun. God, it was so fun. At one point I called Troy. I was like, where are you? He's like, I left. <laughs> I was like, bye, girl. <laughs> D2G. <laughs> But seriously, the live shows are so much fun. We do have, we will have more coming up. We promise. Um, I just put out for my renew of my passport. So international, beyond the blinds. We gotta, we gotta see you guys too. But live shows are amazing. And thank you guys so much for coming out. We have merch out now. Um, There will be another merch drop. We're just waiting on an illustrator. Yeah, hopefully next time, the next time we have shows scheduled, um, we'll be able to look out into the audience and see you guys wearing our merch. That would be really cool. But yeah, I can't wait to do more live shows. I get like sad when it's been too long. Wait, there's one thing we did not talk about before we get into Winona Ryder. Okay. The fact Ezra Miller was doing reshoots of The Flash while police were trying to find them. Oh my God. First of all, the police found... Ezra, which is great, I guess. I guess that's a that's a win. And Ezra put out a statement apologizing for their behavior. Yeah. Ezra needs help. Like like real help. Real serious help. And it's just like so scary and like sad when you see a celebrity in that cycle of like being report like every every move being reported. It's like, are they going to die? Are they going to die? Are they going to kill someone? Are they going to do something? You know, like that whole thing is just like so scary. I just really hope Ezra gets some fucking help. Me too. And I hope whoever's on that 90 acre farm in Vermont is safe. Yeah. Pepper spray up. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, well, we are talking today about somebody very, 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 very iconic very special to me. Um, we covered Winona on, or we we covered Winona in Minneapolis at our live show. And I learned how to pronounce her name on stage. The audience let me know. Because <laughs> I was calling her Winona, like Britney Spears, like I'm Anna Nicole Smith. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about Winona and a little, of course, about Johnny as well, of course. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I guess like my Winona, I didn't know much about her. I knew she was like big in the 80s, early 90s. But for our show, I read up about her more. And I was like, I'm sorry I was so disrespectful to you, Winona. Like, I'm sorry I didn't. She's an icon. Yeah. And I don't think Stranger Things would have worked without her. I think that she's the reason that the show took off, personally. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason that they it got so much viewership at initially because people just wanted to see my own on something, you know. Yeah. Um, but I had told you when we were like planning her episode or planning her for the live show that, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I don't know if this is like a. Basically, tell me if you guys think I'm crazy. But to me, she is like the blueprint for like almost every 
like alt girl movement since the like 90s any kind of like grungy tumblery kind of aesthetic always in some way reverts back to Winona like all of those girls too like Sky Ferreira and all of those tumbler girls they're all an extension of the Winona moment and the 90s like she's the queen of like grunge to me like she's just so fucking cool and like talented yeah and it bums me out that I knew her more for her shoplifting than her talent yeah that's sad yeah that's a sad thing because Winona is really the moment as Wendy Williams would say she's the moment (laughs) and just so you remember that was all opinion and everything from here on out is alleged so it's hard to talk about Winona without obviously talking about Johnny and one of the things that I think is super interesting is like that relationship is still so like fetishized on the internet people are I would say it's got to be in the top five internet relationships that just gets like repurposed and you see the photos and there's Instagram accounts dedicated to them people are still making Tumblr accounts dedicated to Winona and Johnny and I think it's because they photograph so well together, to be honest with you. They look look so good in pictures. And they look like a fucking like high fashion campaign every time they go outside together. But it's like very dark to me that people romanticize them as a couple. Yeah. I, I didn't know anything about them until you taught me everything I know. Um, and I'm not a Johnny Depp fan. I'm really going to get fucking beat for everything I've said in this episode. Um, And learning that he was like 30 and she was 17, 18. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, she was a kid when they met. And he was like, not well. Not that Johnny's ever been well, but like he really was like going through it at that time. He was like very depressed and like obsessive with her. And I just remember like, when I did Winona and Jotty, Jotty, <laughs> Giada's like trying to creep her way into the episode. <laughs> um, when I did them for Dunzo like a million years ago, um, like the biggest takeaway for me was just like how shocking it was the way people wrote about them and like how it was like Johnny's like so emotional and she should have been more careful with his heart. And like she broke him and when they broke up, like, she took a piece of him that he'll never get back like she really shattered him it's like well she's 18 what the fuck are you talking about Uh, (laughs) but before we get into the blinds I just wanted to read some of these quotes um from when they were together this was Johnny's like coming out statement about them being in a relationship he said when I met Winona we fell in love and it was absolutely like nothing before We hung out the whole day and night, and we've been hanging out ever since. I love her more than anything in the whole world. And then, as you know, they, of course, got matching tattoos. (laughs) He got his Wino Forever tattoo, which is very iconic. Can I ask a quick question about that tattoo? Yeah. Isn't it said that he got that because he took her virginity? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. Like, eek. And we were like, romantic! (laughs) what a gentleman (laughs) this is my favorite johnny quote just because it's so psychotic he said i would die for her i love her so much i don't know what i would do without her 
She's going through a lot right now, and I wish I could kiss it away. Kiss away the pain. Make it go away. Stop it. Kill it. If she, you know, I don't know what I what I would do. If she, I'm like, what if she unalived? What the fuck are you saying? He said, I'd kill myself. I love that girl. I love her. I love her more than I love myself. That's him talking about a literal child. It's fucking weird. Like, I know that we all love the leather jackets and the dungarees or whatever, but, like, it's a lot. Um, And then there's this Tim Burton quote from after they broke up, because Tim did this, like, really long interview magazine thing with Johnny where he interviewed Johnny Depp about how Winona broke him. The whole interview was about how he's, like, shattered from Winona. And he, Tim Burton said, Johnny wasn't acting like Johnny anymore. It's almost like Winona took Johnny's soul. Winona took Johnny's ability to love. These are two grown men talking about a little, like a child. Can grown men stop dating teenagers? <laughs> no, I have one ask. The bar is in hell for men. But like, <laughs> can you stop dating kids? They can't. <laughs> um but yeah i just wanted to do a little a little have a little johnny moment before we got started i know that there's going to be some johnny blinds that like pop up so so we start in 1999 all of hollywood is talking about that young actress whose quirky looks and movie choices are nothing compared to the quirky behavior she's been exhibiting lately co-workers shocked by how ragged she's been looking tell hair raising sad tales of her staggering into work every morning reeking of booze and cigarettes. Once she shows up, she mumbles her lines and often staggers around the set drunkenly. From the way it looks, she drinks pretty much from the time she leaves location right through till the the next morning. Hey doll, that stuff may seem fine and dandy when you're in your 20s, but it won't look so pretty when you hit 30, if you hit 30. And I guess that's kind of who I thought Winona was for a long time. Just Mm -hmm. kind of this party girl who fell off of Hollywood, ended up having to, like, shoplift. And then I almost thought she was, like, her character in uh, Black Swan. I don't know, like, why that was my Winona thoughts. Well, her character in Black Swan was kind of, like, a tongue-in-cheek way of her being, like... Like, it was, like, a tongue-in-cheek way of, like, poking fun at her, like, current standing in Hollywood, I guess you could say. Okay. okay. Like it was very like self-aware mm-hmm. for her to okay. be that that character. Um, but that's not far off. I mean, Winona was like a party girl. And she was like, I'm not saying this as like a in a slut shaming way. Obviously, I'm the biggest whore of them all. But like there was a saying back in the day where it was like, you know that you've made it in Hollywood and like you know that you're like a like a you're cool if Winona Ryder has like wanted to fuck you. Oh. Yeah, it was. They like, also say that about Troy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's what everybody's grinder profile says. Nobody until Troy fucks. Skip me to two thousand two. Quote: This one major actress once threw a fit while shopping at a trendy store where I worked, when we demanded that she give back the clothes that we'd seen her sneak into her purse. She cried, screamed, and threatened to sue before finally breaking down and giving all the garments back. And that's very much what her blind item life is like, that she was always, like, a klepto, and she just so happened to get caught. But, like, everybody knew that Winona, like, had a weird stealing addiction. 
kind of like Lindsay. Yeah, exactly like that. So now we're in 2008. This Because she kept a low profile for a while too, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. So like I said, 2008. This cute movie actress looks sweet and innocent, but she's far from it. Her last boyfriend was a rocker in a New York band who'd been around but never met anyone like her. She laughed when she showed him all the stuff in her apartment that she had shoplifted, and he was astounded by her collection of pharmaceuticals. It got so bad, he was afraid to go out with her. He never knew when she'd nick something and set off an alarm in a store. She had enough pills in her purse to get them both locked up. That's why the big bad rock star left her. And is that when all the Hollywood girls were dating, like, the Strokes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Rooney or whoever. Yes, like Misha and, like, Drew? Alexa Chong and everybody. Yeah, they were all dating, like, rock, skinny rocker British boys. And this blind is from 2009. Back in the day, oh, this is a great one. Back in the day, I had a friend of me who, as it turned out, was pretty hell-bent on taking me down. This person really did what they t- what they could to hurt me. I was deeply upset and I was angry. I was all those things that you feel when you find out that someone you thought was you thought liked you was venomous and dangerous behind your back. I restrained myself from fighting back and I tried to take the high road. But one day I heard that something unfortunate and humiliating had happened to this person. And my reaction was deep relief and happiness. There went the high road. So why does it feel so good to hear something bad about someone you don't like or someone you do like? or someone you don't even know. I once asked the editor of a tabloid newspaper why all the stories about a famous British couple had neg- had a negative bend. He said that when the headline was positive, the paper wouldn't sell. And why is that? What's wrong with us? I asked this, the sages to shed a little light here. Here's to washing our mouths out with soap. So that blind was kind of confusing and it wasn't the one that I thought it was, but it was supposed to be somebody, one of Winona's like enemies saying like I was happy that she got in trouble for shoplifting because she's mean, but whatever. <laughs> Can't trust that person, obviously. Which messy tabloid favorite who thinks she's a rock style icon, actually, she just married shrewdly, is known for calling journalists in a pill haze and ratting out her celebrity friends. She has some special good stories about her famous pals the shoplifter, and also the godmother of her child. So the rock style icon is Courtney Love, the shoplifter being Winona Ryder, and the godmother of Frances Bean is Drew Barrymore. I had no idea. Yeah, that really that really feels very true. I bet Courtney is like, I bet the tabloids get calls from Courtney and they're like, fuck up. Ugh, you answer. <laughs> which wealthy drug addled former singer still likes to shoplift from designers like her old friend who got into so much trouble with mark jacobs and that's courtney love and winona Ryder. i just i see it courtney and winona out together shoplifting fucked up like absolutely and then over the weekend this award-winning actress who was supposed to be sober was hardly discreet at the dinner table of an event when she did a line of cocaine that was in her compact and it's not Christina Ricci or Kirsten Dunst Winona So now we're in 2011 and this blind is absolutely insane It's just like it's one of the craziest ones I've ever read 
This B-list movie actress who has dated one of the biggest stars on the planet has started a new regimen that her shaman says will be good for her. What is it? Drinking blood from a combination of animals every day. Crazy. Of course, she's always been a bit kooky. And they're referring to Winona Ryder, who, of course, dated Johnny Depp back in the day. Um, I am going to say I don't believe that blind, Troy. I don't either. I don't either. I mean, I guess we've read a lot of weird shit. I don't know. But that just seems very... But also celebrities having, like, shamans is, like, not weird at all to me. No, didn't Jax have one on Vanderpump Rules? Yeah. (laughs) And he's the lowest common denominator. (laughs) We're now in 2012. All right, I'm going to trigger warning this blind. I don't even know what it says, but I just see Charlie Sheen's name. So I'm just going to trigger warning because I think it's going to be violent. Most of you have heard that Charlie... Yep. (laughs) Most of you have heard about Charlie Sheen shooting Kelly Preston. But there is... There is one, okay, let me start over. Most of you have heard the Charlie Sheen shooting Kelly Preston story, but there is one that would have made the world explode with gossip if this one had ever got out to the public. This is actually kind of major. I remember this being a big deal at our show. Mm -hmm. This couple was everywhere. They were all over every tabloid. The actor, all movies, all the time, is still A-plus list. But back in the day, not so long ago, he was drinking and drugging, he was a drinking and drugging machine and had a thing for antique weapons. He still does. He brings them to the set all the time. And he much, he's much more careful now, though. His girlfriend at the time was A-list. She was strictly a booze and cigs kind of girl with the sometimes coke night if she was really having fun. Well, one night our actor was showing off a new gun that he had purchased at auction and was drinking and playing around and swinging it. And it shot his girlfriend. Bam, right there in her rib cage. The bullet sliced off, sliced off a chunk of the side of her rib right below her bra line. She was not wearing a bra at the time. She was naked. There was blood everywhere. They screamed for several minutes before one of them finally got the idea of trying to towel it off. Yeah, that did not last long. They then used the hotel room drapes. Finally, our actor made a call and the hotel sent up a doctor. The girlfriend did not need surgery because it went in and out. It did cause her a whole lot of pain, though, and to help with her pain, she started using some stronger drugs, which took her 10 years to break. Um, And the reason that I said that this one was, like, major was because it ends up developing into this whole 10-year thing. Like, her being shot by Johnny was, like, a big part, if that's true, allegedly, was like a really big part of her life and like had a really big impact on like the rest of her life. And what's crazy is during the Amber trial, everyone was like, well, none of his other exes have said anything bad. Did Winona ever say anything publicly negative? Because I mean, just by seeing how everything played out in, you know, 2022, I can't mm-hmm. imagine trying to go against Johnny Depp in the in the 90s. She's told stories about, like, really crazy situations that she found herself in with exes that it's, like, very obvious she's talking about Johnny. And I remember reading one interview that she did where she said that he locked her in um, either her apartment or his apartment for, like, a really long time, like, days. And he wouldn't let her leave because he would, like, love bomb her and he was obsessed. Like, he would do, like, these really major manic gestures, like... Like, she liked a certain kind of noodles. 
So he bought her like thousands of them and filled up her entire hotel room with them. Oh my God. Or like just weird shit like that. Like filling up her hotel room to like the ceiling with like weird shit. And like, you know, she's like 18. So um, she hasn't said it like boldly, but she's told stories, you know? Mm-hmm. What actress who's finally starting to get movie roles again really needs to remember to drink her coffee or something in the morning? When she doesn't, she's out of control. The one-time big thing in Hollywood who had one of the biggest, fastest drop-offs ever after an embarrassing incident is now trying to get back up to B-list, although she still does have A-list name recognition. On set this week, she's been yelling at people nonstop, oh, in throwing enough things to earn a Naomi Campbell trophy, drink handed to her and it was wrong, threw it on the ground, makeup not right, threw lipstick at the makeup artist, people talking and smiling, quote, why don't you shut the fuck up? People are trying to concentrate here. That's my girl. <laughs> drink your coffee, Winona. <laughs> We're now in 2013, and this is a kindness blind. It sounds like we could use it. (laughs) This former A-list mostly movie actress has had a turbulent ride through Hollywood and is not even that old, but it feels as if she's been around forever. Her A-list name recognition is the only thing that is keeping her in the B range. Her history and personal life have kind of hindered her ability to get parts. But despite all that, she is practically bankrupting herself because of all the money that she gives to two or three different charities and spends almost a thousand hours a year volunteering volunteering for them. I love that. Me too. That's probably mm. one of the nicest kindness blinds we've ever read. I know. Now we're in 2014 and I'm going to trigger warn this blind. Um, it deals with domestic violence. It's also a throwback blind. This former A-list, mostly movie actress, who once made a really bad decision about her looks, also damaged the looks of another actress when she punched the actress in the face and broke her eye socket. Our A-lister was wasted on a variety of pills and coke and booze when she caught the victim in bed with her now A-plus-list, mostly movie actor boyfriend. So that's Jennifer Grey... Winona Ryder and Johnny Depp. So is it saying that Winona punched Jennifer or the other way around? Yeah, I think Winona punched Jennifer. Okay. <clears throat> and that's crazy if that's true, that that's like the real reason that Jennifer got that nose job and it's like all she's known for. This former A-list mostly movie actress who still hasn't still has A-list name recognition, despite not doing much in the way of consistent acting over the past decade says that there was a point where she was homeless because she lost all of her money after her then-boyfriend, who was now A-list, convinced her to invest her money in a company that went bankrupt. When she complained to the boyfriend, he dumped her. And that was Matt Damon convincing her to uh, invest her money in Green Dimes. I don't know what that is. Uh, But we got to do a Matt Damon episode. Because he has so many blinds about being this, like, cheating skis and, like, somehow being able to hide behind, like, a family man image. But, like, just being another Ben. Yeah. And I find it so interesting because I, after we did, like, the Winona, I started looking up his blind items. And I was like, this motherfucker played us. Mm -hmm. It's like, all of them are like, he's addicted to like sex workers he cheats all the time um he was really like, mean to jen garner allegedly 
Yes. And like, how could you? Oh my <laughs> God. Imagine being mean to Jennifer Garner. It's like wild. Like kicking a puppy. Yeah. Yes. And there was like a, there was like a whole thing that happened with him where he was like in a relationship. I'm going to fuck this up. I want to say he was in a relationship with Minnie Driver from when they did Good Will Hunting and she thought they were still dating and then he went on Oprah and was like yes I'd like to announce I'm in a relationship with Winona Ryder and that's how she found out that they weren't dating anymore mm-hmm. like what a dick <laughs> you cannot trust Boston boys people listening no. I know that Massachusetts accent might get you but they're trash <laughs> <laughs> So this blind is another throwback blind. Um, It's from the 80s. This current B-list. Mo- so it's about the 80s, but it take, but it was written in 2014. Okay, just to clarify. This current B-list, mostly movie actress, is still beloved. She's just someone who we always pull for, even if she does not do much any longer. A barely legal teen when she made this monster hit. She says she would only do a sequel if this A-list, mostly television actor is not in it. He would not stop hitting on her, and she hated seeing any call sheet where they had to film together. And that's Winona wanting to do a Beetlejuice sequel without Alec Baldwin. I don't blame you, girl. I love her alone just for that. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, This one is in 2016. It has been a while since this former A-list, mostly movie actress, had this much focus on her. That hit almost show has everyone looking at her and her drug use has skyrocketed. Pills and booze mostly. You know she doesn't do well with pills. She is a mess. And that, of course, is the her being cast on Stranger Things. So now we're jumping to 2017. And um, this was a blind that we were going to read during our live show, but I think, on, like, on record, this is the longest blind uh, that we ever tried to, like, read. So I ended up summing it up for the notes for the live show. So this was my, like, summed up version of this blind item that is literally, like, seven pages long. It basically describes her as being very low profile. She likes having a very low profile life now. And the reason being was because she was in this notorious relationship that brought way too much attention into her life, which of course they're referencing Johnny. And um, they talk about how when she was a kid, she was like the most talented, like intriguing star of her generation. Um, You know, she hung out with other A-listers and if you partied with Winona, it made you A-list. And she got into these high profile relationships and they talk about her life turning sour when this quote disturbing incident occurred. And the disturbing incident is what we talked about earlier, Johnny allegedly shooting her in her rib. So essentially this blind is saying that she was the victim of like some really intense abuse, both physical and mental abuse which led to a lot of long-term PTSD and trauma and more addiction. And it basically alludes that she was being threatened by powerful people not to expose the person who shot her when it happened. That she was really, really being pressured to like not talk about it and not tell the world that basically Johnny Depp shot her in her fucking stomach. So then fast forward a year, a few years later, she becomes friends with um, Natalie Portman on the set of Black Swan. And 
during her relationship with Natalie Portman and Natalie sort of like empowering her, she became like a mother figure to her. And, you know, she was like teaching her like who to stay away from and like, don't work with this person. And this director is a piece of shit. And they were bonding over like men in Hollywood being pieces of shit. And I guess it like, she was also in therapy and she was really working through being shot by Johnny and all the, the shit that she went through in that relationship. And then she really is like, I guess in a place in her life where she's like empowered to like, want to talk about that relationship intensely but that was 2017 and I mean she hasn't mentioned it yet but like I don't know that blind was just so detailed that it felt very real and how could she mention it when she saw what happened to Amber Heard and again whether you believe Amber or not I'm not trying to argue but like there was no shot for Amber one thousand percent and then, of course, you know, people are going to be like, why is she talking about it now? Why would she bring it up now? Like, all that stuff's going to, you know. And I don't think people realize it takes a while to process trauma. Yeah. But I feel like people expect trauma to just happen, like, you to talk about it immediately. But your brain, like, shuts that shit off. Yes. Block it, cover it up with shit, you know. And her, I mean, and if you're a celebrity, it's like, what you say is already so manipulated. Right. So it's like, how can you just be so open and honest about the most, one of the most powerful celebrities in of all time doing something to you? Like you said, I mean, you see what happens. Like, it's scary. I can if already. that's true, I feel terrible for her. Yeah, I can already see it. Like, why would you let him spin around a loaded gun around you? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. My fault. Exactly. So now we're in 2017. And this is a Harvey Weinstein story. So. That's a trigger warning in general. One of the more famous incidents of an actress stealing a role was documented on the site about seven or eight years ago. It got at the time, it got the at the time A plus list actress who stole the role an Academy Award. What is never mentioned about that role stealing is that the actress who was A list back in the day, who the role was stolen from, had already slept with Harvey a handful of times to land the role. Hey, at least she has that hit almost television show and a gift that will last forever. So that is allegedly Gwyneth Paltrow stealing the role of Shakespeare in Love from Winona Ryder. And of course, that gift is when they won, I believe, at the Golden Globes. And Winona looks completely confused on stage. Yeah. That's like really, really that I know exactly what gift that is. I can like see it in my head right now. And also, I know that we've talked about this before, but the way that Gwyneth has been able to avoid like the landmines of Harvey Weinstein, you know, is like so crazy. Like she's like one sneeze away from the whole world kind of knowing this stuff. But it's, like, only enough people know it that it never really haunts her or, like, you know? The only thing I can really remember about Gwyneth with the Harvey and everything is that Brad Pitt got mad at Harvey Weinstein for trying to sleep with Gwyneth. And maybe Ben, too, but Ben's, like, was best friends with him, so. Yeah, that's, like, her, that's, like, her Harvey story. Like, that's it. She's like, yeah, like, he was creepy. And then and then Brad, like, which I don't even know if I believe that story anymore, that Brad, like, 
walked up to him at an event and slammed him up against the wall by his neck and like was like don't fuck with her and then that was like the end of it i just don't believe i don't know if i believe it Mm -hmm. it just feels like something that they kind of made up to like be able to be like all right well so that's the whole thing (laughs) you know and when all this was happening stuff was coming out about brad that wasn't so great the whole him attacking his children on a plane but then everyone was like well (laughs) right and like the added layers like all of the men that she was involved with like they obviously knew what was going on like you know ben knew matt damon knew not that she was involved with him but i mean she may as well have been uh brad you know like it just involves so many people you know and i think what's so crazy is i'll talk to people about the me too movement or whatever and they'll say things like, well, the casting couch has always been a thing. Well, maybe it shouldn't be anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you're trying to, like, make this an argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it shouldn't be happening. That's the point. That's hilarious. We're now in 2018. I just saw the reveal. Now I remember. I don't remember. Oh, God, I forgot. <laughs> you guys, this blind is wild. A-list known... What? <laughs> okay. A little-known story from the past of this foreign-born permanent A-list rocker. The rocker has been married forever. Even so, he has had his affairs. And despite his high and mighty image, he keeps numerous mistresses scattered around the world for his travels and tours. One of these women was this former A-list mostly movie actress from back in the day. She had trouble getting roles for a while after she got in some trouble, and our rocker paid her bills for a couple years while also hooking up with her whenever he wanted. She is back on her feet now and had one of the more memorable gifts of the past couple years. That is Winona Ryder <laughs> dating and having her bills paid by Bono. I don't even know what to say. I forgot about that blind. I feel like Bono might be a weird, fun episode. I would love to know all the weird women that have fucked Bono. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he keeps his sunglasses on? (laughs) 1000%. Now, this is the final blind. I was shocked that she didn't have more blind items. I know. I was shocked by that, too. But this is 2021, The Hate. I think it's hard to imagine this former A-list, mostly movie actress, Winona Ryder, having any hate towards anyone. After a movie career in her younger days, she's now getting a whole new generation discovering her on Stranger Things. She was once a tabloid sensation and dated a string of high-profile actors and seemingly always came out at the wrong end of those relationships. Despite being with multiple guys who hit her and abused her and treated her like garbage, she truly hates one of those men. He didn't hate her. He did, though, verbally berate her and told her that she should always listen to him and look what happened to her in the past when she tried thinking for herself. He also treated her like crap and would cheat on her regularly. All of you know him. He's an A-list, mostly movie actor who's an Oscar winner slash nominee, Matt Damon, and has at least one franchise, The Born Identity. At the time they were together, he was less popular than her. 
he was still getting to that a plus list level. He would wear her down with his whole listening to him shtick. He wanted to look like a big shot to some really rich friends, and they were looking to get a new company off the ground and wanted investors. Our actor invested a tiny amount, but got our actress to invest almost all her money into this. When the investment went south and the rich friends made off with the money, our actor blamed the actress for the lack of success of the investment and essentially destroyed her and her income at a time when she couldn't afford it. He then dumped her for another woman. And it doesn't say the investment, but I'm guessing it's that green dimes, whatever that was. Yeah. Fuck you, Matt Damon. Fuck. So crazy. And like the, I mean, his public image is, it's like complete polar opposite of, which is like wild that he's been able to uphold that for so long, having been best friends. Like he's known for being best friends with Ben Affleck. But Ben Affleck's like publicly bad. Right. That's true. And it must be a like in his mind, I don't know, maybe he doesn't think about it this maniacally, but like it has to be a good like shield, like, you know, having this like treacherous mess as your friend compared to you who is just like a family man who lays low, allegedly. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I any other like celebrity besties that could do that. I almost I... said Kim in Paris, but that's not right. No, I can't think of anybody else that are extreme. They're pretty extreme. And yeah. I don't know, it's wild. This just made yeah. me sad for Winona. Yeah, I know. She's How had a old really was cool she life. When she... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you go. How old was she when she became an actress? Was she a child actress too? Or was it like 17, 18? Which is still a child, but you know what I mean. No, she was like a child actress. Okay. Like, she's one of those, like, Drew Barrymore types. Like, she's always been. And the thing about her that's interesting is, like, back to back to back to back to back to back, everything she did for a really long time was, like, a phenomenon. Okay. Like, Heather's a phenomenon. Beetlejuice mm-hmm. a phenomenon. She did, like, Mermaid's a phenomenon. She didn't really do, like, like, she just did movies that ended up becoming, like, of the movie of a generation. But, like, everything she did was like that, you know? Even Black Swan and Stranger Things. Yeah. Like, she's really just, like, it's hard to even put into words. She's just so cool. Yeah. And I'm always rooting for her. I know. I hope after Stranger Things she can continue, if she'd like to, continue Mm -hmm. to do shows or movies or, because there is something about her, because, again, I'm not super familiar with Winona. But seeing her on Stranger Things, I'm like, there's a comfort with her. Yeah, she's just like, I don't know, there's something about her. Like, she just has that, like, she's got it factor. And, like, even though she's, like, a grown-ass woman now, she still has, like, that thing that made her really special when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I'm interested in, like, the psychology of celebrities who steal. Like, that's, like, a wild thing. I just think that's very fascinating. Yeah, because it's like, you guys can get anything you want. Yeah. You don't so even need like, to pay. Right, you literally get shit for free. So it's like, not at all about the stealing, you know? Yeah. Like, Winona Ryder can afford a scarf. And that's what she was stealing, scarves. Come on. 
It's yeah. like, what is the psychology behind that? It's like interesting. So but, is Winona rotted? No. 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 She's surrounded herself with rotten people her whole life, which sucks. Honestly, it seems like she's like a casualty. Yeah. Absolutely. 1000%. Oh, God. You guys watch some Winona Ryder shit tonight or whenever you're listening to this. Just like indulge. Watch Heathers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first episode of season three. We have we have quite the lineup for season three, guys. We do. I'm very excited. I'm just excited for all the things. I'm excited for our merch. I'm excited to lock down some like new cities for next year. And maybe repeat cities. Yeah, maybe repeat cities. Maybe leave the country if we if if God willing. We're both working on passport tings right now. So yeah. I know. And thank you guys for listening. I mean, we've only been doing this for a little over a year, but I honestly feel like we've been doing it forever. And thank you guys for being so cool and um, rating us and subscribing for uh, to us and all that fun stuff. Patreon. And yeah, I can never put into where I cried at the DC show. Yeah. Kelly cried on stage. <laughs> and thank you guys for like traveling to our shows. Like, when we find out where people came from, it is mind-blowing to me. Like, it's just so cool. And, like, I don't know, it's really overwhelming. Yeah. So, thank you guys for spending some time with us this week. Um, Of course, we have Patreon episodes. And, oh, really quick. um, Over the weekend, they did some kind of event in South Carolina like I know Chase Crawford was there Misha Barton it was one of those like teen fan fests Mm -hmm. that they do and Misha Barton posted a photo into her story know who was in it Eric Podwall my heart I was like there he is because he was with Chase of course he was like what would you say about pretending to date Chase Crawford Misha Wow. Oh my God. That's wild. Mm-hmm. So again, if you haven't listened to the Camp Podwall episode, please do. Please do. It's our it's our compass. It's the <laughs> compass episode. It'll guide you. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.